Am I doing this right? Wait, was that him? Crying? Is, he Is he choking? Oh my god, oh my god. It's 4.30. I think he might have Nose goes on the diaper change. I need to give him a bath. I am so, so tired. I ordered something else on Amazon. What's that weird rash? Do we let him cry this time? Do you think we need to call what the doctor? Do you think he should go down tonight? Siri, play wheels on the bus. Welcome to Probably Okay Parenting, a podcast where we talk about all the ridiculous tomfoolery that comes with parenting a small child. Yeah, Daddy. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Allison. My name is Brian. We are parents to a 12-month and three-week-old baby boy. I guess he's not really a baby anymore, huh? He's a baby. Toddler boy. And we just decided to start this fun podcast a little bit ago to document our adventures in parenting, hear from a lot of listeners and discuss what we kind of all go through as parents and find some common ground and just build a community around what we experience with the craziness that is parenting. So thanks so much for listening. And we are certainly not experts uh, when it comes to parenting or really anything for that no, matter. Definitely not. We who are we? We're random people. We're we random don't people know what we're you saying. either know in real life or you found on the internet. So um, you know, take everything we say with a grain of salt. This is all just meant for uh, fun, and you know, try and get you through your commute to work, basically. So uh, kicking off this week, I'm going to start with my uh, recap. So uh, my recap of the week, a lot of things going on with this guy this week. We mm-hmm. got a second tooth coming in, which has been uh, a little bit, uh, I won't say the word stressful. Tumultuous. But it's been a little tumultuous. Not getting a lot of sleep around here sometimes. Otherwise, yeah, and he was like not been taking the bottle sometimes just because I don't know if his like gums were hurting or whatever. But on the flip side, dude... I'm not going to say is walking, but I think we're like a couple weeks out from him walking. It's like a few more steps every night. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, I also appreciate that you're kind of like tricking him into walking. So you'll be like, all right, walk to me. And then he starts walking to you and you start like backing up, yeah. uh, which I always think is very funny. And it, you could see kind of like a look on his face of like, oh, oh like, am I getting <laughs> to the end of this? You know, is she going to stop moving back? Uh, so that's been very, very funny. And hes I feel like he's been so talkative lately, too. Yeah, a lot of sounds. Just like his parents. Yep. What about so you? With these teeth, yeah, it's been a little rough, the second tooth coming in. And I just can't help but think, we're going to have to do this like 20-something times? Yeah, how, how many teeth are there? That's something probably we should know. Yeah. People hey, at home are like, y'all are dumb. Listeners, call in, write in. Is it 24? It's in the 20s. I feel confident. 32? I feel confident it's in the 20s. I just feel like to go through this whole rigmarole every single tooth. Oh my goodness. Hopefully we'll just like have one more time and then they'll all just like pop in at the exact same time. Right. I've heard that though when multiple come in at the same time, it can get real hairy there. Okay. And on his teeth? Yeah. Like hairy on his teeth? Yeah. Okay. Go on. Okay. My update from the week is I'm a teacher. I teach high school band. I'm a band director and teacher. And this past week, we just had a little bit of issue with some childcare at the last minute falling through. And so I kind of was faced with a scenario that I was a little bit stressed with at first, where I needed to bring my 12-month and three-week-old to high school band practice. Now, uh, I definitely think if there's any 
marching band directors out there listening that they <laughs> really will appreciate this. Yes. But I think everyone can think back to yourself as a high schooler and maybe you did an after school activity, whether it be music or sports or dance or something. And just think about what it would be like if your coach, coach yeah. brought their baby <laughs> in a stroller to the football field during practice. So I loaded him up, got him in the stroller. I brought him into the school. I was kind of hoping that I wouldn't be seen by any other adults. And so I kind of like stealthily came in, brought him into the room. The students were like, oh my gosh. They were so excited. One yeah, of them. no kind of stealth after that. Yeah. Well, one, they're, they're sweet kids. I mean, band kids are the best. Everyone knows that. One of them ran to the computer at the front of the room and put on like a baby song video and oh, put on the projector. So nice. And they all started dancing to like baby songs. It was pretty cute. They were very excited that he was there. That's so awesome. then I put him back in the stroller. We loaded up the band, all the equipment, and we went out to the football field. And I just kind of perched his stroller like under the stadium in the shade, like under the seats while the band practiced on the field. And I kind of went back and forth. I'd give the band a direction. Then I'd like go back and check and make sure he was good. And he was just sitting there taking in the music. And his face kind of said, um, y'all, it's a bit pitchy. Maybe practice some more. <laughs> Seriously, uh, you sent me a video because I was like, I was pretty nervous about it too. Right. Because if he starts having a meltdown, like, what? It's are a lot you to be expected do? to perform at your job and watch your child. Yeah. Now that being said, I think I have one job where. I could kind of get away with it. I'm thinking like if you have some kind of crazy high-powered corporate job and you try to bring your baby or to Or if the you're office. a nurse, you, yeah, you okay. ain't exactly <laughs> bringing your kid to work. Yes, there's many jobs where you couldn't get away with this. Now, this being said, it wasn't during school. I was going to say, yeah, you couldn't do it during the day. But it was an after-school band practice. So right. it was a lot to be responsible for, you know, a big number of high school kids and your own baby at the same time. But... We made it work sometimes yep, when you're sure. a parent, you have no choice, but you got to just make it work. And hopefully with some sort of a positive attitude, I tried my best to keep <laughs> up and it ended up being a lot of fun. And it was, it was joyful to have him there, even though he didn't really smile. He just stared at the band performing. And I'm telling you in his mind, he was thinking, y'all need to practice a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know about all that, but <laughs> no, he definitely seemed to be enjoying it, even though he did have kind of a stoic look on his face in the videos that I saw. Uh, you know, he definitely seemed very engaged. Yes, he was engaged. And then on my way out, he is I a music saw guy, a though, coworker after who is my department head. And, you know, I guess I was a little embarrassed because, you know, you have to be at yeah. work. And she was like, oh, you have an assistant director today? And I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. He was That's given funny. all kinds of feedback to the students. So that was my really fun, a little stressful at first, but ended up being kind of hilarious update from the week. So today we're going to talk about things we told ourselves before we became parents about how we would parent that we now look back on and laugh because we didn't know what we were talking about. I think everybody does that, right? Like you have these great plans about how you're going to be a 10 out of 10 perfect parent. All and, the time. And also like what that means specifically. And mm -hmm. I know one thing that we always talked about is like after we would go to one of our friend's houses before we had a child but they had children, we would be like, oh my God, did you notice that like their house was such a mess? Like there were toys everywhere. And then now we look at our life and we're like, hmm, yeah, that makes sense. 
Absolutely. I think everybody, before they became a parent and they hung out with their friends who had kids, thought to themselves, oh, wow. Like either, you know, I'm kind of intimidated to have kids now because I like see all these things I'm going to have to deal with, or I'm going to totally deal with these things differently when it becomes my turn. I definitely feel like I was both of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember when we didn't have a child and we would hang out with our friends who did, we'd go home and be like, we need a little more time. I don't think we're ready. Oh, yet. yes. <laughs> that actually was like my saving grace. I'd be like, yeah, let's hang out with some more people that have kids because you'd always <laughs> be like, oh, you know what? Let's wait a couple months. Yep. So for me, one thing that I definitely did not expect is how protective I would feel of our baby. Mm. I didn't think that I would have such a problem with daycare or other people watching him or babysitters. I didn't realize the kind of unsettling feeling it would give me when somebody else was watching him. I just didn't account for that at all. And I got pregnant towards the end of the pandemic. So we really hadn't been on a trip together in years. And we had kind of been talking about doing a big trip the summer that we ended up having a baby. So as soon as we found out we'd be having a baby that summer, obviously the plans for the trip got canceled. But we told ourselves, okay. Yeah, we're going to treat ourselves. Yes. When the next summer, when the baby is turning one around that time, we're going to go on a big trip. Yeah, we're going to go around the world. <laughs> we had all these plans. We wanted to go to Hawaii and we were going to maybe stop in Vegas on the way. And uh, we just thought like, oh, yeah, like we'll just leave the baby. with yeah, No big our... deal. We'll go away for a week. Yeah, a week or 10 days or something and leave the baby with like one of our parents. It'll be fine. And then when it came time, it turned out I'm really not ready to leave him for a week plus. Let alone like how about a night? Let's start with one <laughs> night. Well, I think that we're not normal in that way that we haven't both been away from him for, for a night. We have individually. but Yes, that's true. Anyway. Definitely not ready for a big trip without him. And I did not expect or see that coming. Hmm. Yeah. What about you, Brian? I feel like I, although I was definitely taking part in the planning of that trip, that, that magical trip that we were going to take, mm -hmm. I also did know that I was going to feel like really sort of overprotective. Yeah. And, you know, I, I definitely realize that I have like a, maybe an emotional attachment issue because for <laughs> me, even like when I go to the grocery store, I feel like I have like a bungee cord attached to my waist. Like I just want to <laughs> immediately come back home. So, yeah, just the idea of, let's say, dropping him off at one of our parents house who live out of state and then traveling to another state or maybe like over the ocean to go to Hawaii. I don't know. All that just seems like a lot. By the way, we have a friend who is like complete opposite their first kid they went to like italy you know no problem and their child was very young at that point in time so right everybody's different obviously. for sure so brian is there anything that you told yourself before you had a child that now you look back on and think what was i talking about okay so i know a lot of people talk about screen time Yes, and that is a hot button issue. This is one that's maybe even hard for me to admit to myself. And I know that probably there are a lot of other parents out there who feel this way. Mm -hmm. It's not actually specifically screen time for my child. It's actually screen time for me. Oh. That I really did. I still like try and make a very concerted effort to not be on my device like around him, especially like when... Like, it's just the two of us in a room playing. But, you know, I think, like, I definitely am guilty of sometimes I just, like, need a brain break, right? So if we've been playing for, like, 20 or 30 minutes, then, like, 
you know, I ain't going to go outside and smoke a cigarette, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, but I need that like kind of mental break for just like a couple seconds there. And, you know, I mm -hmm. definitely don't, I'm not saying it's like a generational thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. But uh, I definitely have found myself tapping that TikTok app button every once in a while, you know, just getting a quick scroll in uh, that, that quick dopamine hit and then, you know, back to play time. That's really interesting. That's an interesting take on the screen time thing, because almost everybody who wrote in referenced in some way or another screen time expectations for their kids. But I would venture to guess that that is an issue for a lot of people too. I know I feel that way too. A lot of times I deliberately put my phone in another room if I'm right, playing with yeah. it because sometimes you just reach for it. Exactly. It, yeah, you don't even realize and that's just the sad truth of being a millennial, I guess. I guess, yeah, that's depressing. But anyway, <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree with that. I Like I said, it's not like it's all the time, but when it does happen, I kind of catch myself and I do feel a little guilty about it and yeah. not all the time. Like a lot of times he might just be like doing his own thing playing and I stand up to go get a glass of water and watch a video or something like that. But I think it's those times where like I look up and he's kind of looking at me and I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn, like I'm, I'm a terrible person. No. No, not. I know. But, you know, I, you just feel that guilt sometimes. Right, right, right. Okay. I have one more that I know you will agree with. Okay. This is something that we both, I don't think it's something that we could have planned for necessarily, but it is something that we are catching ourselves doing that we want to be better about. And that is soothing with treats mm, so yeah. what i mean is like we'll go to the grocery store and we are definitely guilty of bringing treats just in case he starts fussing at the grocery store yeah so when you say treat you mean like a pouch or like goldfish yeah like a like goldfish or like cheerios or those right. like teethers that are right. like you know the rice things that dissolve we definitely you know we bring them not intending to give it to him f like because it's snack time. We bring it because we're expecting him to potentially have a meltdown or something. And we're going to stop that meltdown successfully, by the way, right. with a treat. But then it's like, are we creating that sort of mental at mental attachment to like food or also just the idea of like, if I cry, then I'm going to get a treat. For sure. For sure. It's tough because I don't think he's old enough to think like, okay, I've been really good, so now I'm getting a treat, as opposed to I'm throwing a fit, and now I'm getting rewarded. But obviously, we're strengthening that correlation between crying and fussing and getting rewarded. So, Definitely. I do think, though, he gets that a little bit from his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get treats when I throw fits, too. You actually do, though. That is true. I know. So anyway... Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, if any listeners have the answer, let me know because I do feel like, yeah, as he gets older and we keep doing that, it probably is not leading to a good place. I also don't actually feel like we're doing it for us. I know that probably some listeners might be rolling their eyes when I say this at home, but I, I genuinely mean like I feel like we're doing it for the other people at the grocery store or mm -hmm. a better example would be like when we've traveled with him on a plane and like everyone is stuck, you know, the people behind us and in front of us, I don't think they want to listen to him cry. So it's like, mm, I'm just going to give him this treat now and he's just going to be quiet. Yeah. I'll be real. I'm doing it for me because I don't want to listen to it. Oh, well, fair I enough. don't really care about Susie Q shopping for canned tomatoes in the next aisle at the store. Wow. I'm going to tell Susie that you said that. Sorry. 
All right, we have a new segment we're going to be adding to the podcast, and that is listener feedback. Oh, yeah. So uh, what was our question this week? Our question was, what is one thing you told yourself you would or wouldn't do before you became a parent that now you look back on and realize you didn't quite follow through on? Okay, now I do want to tell all of our listeners that, you know, this is intended to be fun. We're not here to judge anybody at all whatsoever. That's really the purpose of this podcast, just to poke fun at ourselves. <laughs> yeah, no judgment, no judgment. Especially because, like, we can't afford to bleed any listeners right now. No, Every no, no. listener counts. Yeah, we can't lose you. All right, first entry is from listener Sarah. Okay. Listener Sarah said, I didn't think I would be okay with screen time at meals mm. however my whole family sitting down and eating together is more important to me than if my kids have a device that they're looking at so I find myself giving in to that one that makes sense I mean I feel like again that's one of those things where pre-child I would be like no way there's no way I'm doing that right but I definitely think back to my own childhood and especially like when I was in high school, I remember like sitting down with my family for mealtime in the kitchen and watching American Idol, season one, American Idol. But, you know, at the same time, it You're was like kind of a bonding experience. You know what I mean? Right. Um, as much as that might sound weird to like eat a spaghetti dinner in front of the television with your family and call that a bonding experience. I think you're right. It was still more like we're, we're still spending the time together. Right. So sometimes you got to let one thing go in way of a bigger priority, I guess. Yeah, for sure. Another one listener Sarah said was she didn't think that she would allow kids to sleep in the bed, but now mm. she finds herself regularly with one or two of her kids in the bed. Ooh. And I think, you know, we didn't really set any rules about that or expectations. I can definitely see us doing that when it's 2 a.m. For sure. Yeah. When it's 2 a.m. and your kid is crying and you have a big day at work the next day or whatever... I mean, are you going to just force them to go in the crib and yell? Or are you going to say, okay, for the sake of everyone getting sleep, just come on in, you know? Come on in, the water's fine. Right. <laughs> you can't. I find myself not really being able to keep anything, any expectations strong in the middle of the night. You got to do what you got to do. Oh, for sure. That should be the motto of this podcast. If we ever have a t-shirt, that'll be what the, the, the thing says on there. I feel like we're just not at that point yet, maybe, with our son, but uh, I don't know. This It might sound weird to say, but I'm actually looking forward to a time where we can all kind of have a slumber party. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I do, I could see that being a slippery slope, that like we have fun and then he's like, oh, I want to sleep in here again. And it's like, well, no, no, right. not tonight, buddy. It's hard to explain, right? Right. All right. Listener Liz said... I think something that surprised me was how before I had kids and I'd visit someone with kids and witness the bedtime routine or other routines, I'd think, man, it sucks how much you have to center your life around the kids. But now with kids, yes, so much centers around them, but my attitude toward it is different because it's become my goal and a part of my life to do it all with them. So not missing, only worrying about myself each night. And in fact, while I love a good night off, I'd miss the routines I've established with my kids. Mm. Yeah, I can agree 100% there. Like, if we could both just skip bedtime for a couple of days, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, but that being said, I definitely understand where you're coming from with that. Uh, especially, like, you know, you get into your own personal routines. Sure. And, and that 
you know, there's a certain amount of like physical mental health that's attached to those routines as well. Right. I can definitely relate to feeling like when you visit a friend with kids before you have kids thinking like, oh my gosh, their entire life is ruled by this kid. Like, oh yeah. That like mid conversation. It's like, oh, sorry, bedtime. And now for yeah, 90 oh. minutes, they're changing diapers and getting a bottle bath. ready and bath. And yeah, it's a lot. But then when you're in it, you know, of course. It is what it is, and the routines are special, and you enjoy spending the time with the kids. So to me, as a parent, it doesn't seem as intrusive as I guess I thought it would, having your life revolve around your kid. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Okay, we've got a few from listener Aliza. Okay. Listener Aliza says, I swore I would never give my kids screen time. Then, two months into COVID, when my then nine-month-old sat still and watched Daniel Tiger for 20 minutes so I could have some alone time, I did a happy dance. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And then she goes on to add, And now, every year on Mother's Day, I always remember to make a card to show gratitude to the Kindle Fire because it's legitimately the third parent in my household. Oh, that's hilarious. First of all, who is Daniel Tiger? I don't know who Daniel Tiger oh, is. Oh, I think it's a very popular kids program. Okay. Well, I think the key word that you used there maybe was pandemic. I think like, you know, raising your kid during lockdown, you know, regardless of how big or small your space is, is I'm sure very difficult. So yeah, no rules. No yeah, rules. you you really got to do what you got to do in that situation. Yes, but congratulations to you and the Kindle Fire on raising such wonderful children. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, Aliza, that, is that a thruple? Like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, we'll have to ask for the details about that relationship. Okay. Aliza uh, also wrote, "I swore I would never change a diaper on my bed." But then my back hurt too much because carrying your kid around and the in slash out crib dance is exhausting. Mm, I know that life. Yeah, you can definitely relate to that one. She said, and I've realized that I hate sitting on the floor. So if I go somewhere without a changing table, bet it is. Yeah, I definitely can relate to like, as parents, I think every parent just like deals with gross things sometimes. Like in the early days when I'd be feeding our guy in bed at 2 a.m. and he would spit up a little bit. I mean, realistically, I'm not going to do an entire sheet change of our Okay, bed. wait. You're lying to every... A little bit? <laughs> he would throw up so much, <laughs> and it would be, like, completely soaked through the sheet into the mattress. Okay, and I'd just put a towel on it Literally, and go about my night. We would just put a towel over it and be like, all right, we'll deal with this tomorrow. We'll deal with it later. And here's the thing. We would not deal with it the next day. Yes, it, we would. Mm, not in those first, like, two, three months. It's just like, wow. let's just... Let's just See how how far we can go. <laughs> called out, called out. All right, one more thing. Elisa said, along the diaper lines, when I go somewhere and my husband is responsible for changing a diaper and there's no changing table in the men's room, he will change the kid somewhere very public in protest of sexism. It's embarrassing, but he sure does make his point. <laughs> wow, that's a, he's like a toilet justice warrior. Yes. No, a that's changing great. table justice warrior. That's great. Well, you it's know. hilarious. I feel like that, Maybe is not necessarily the fault of like the servers. Yeah, like the people working at the restaurant are probably not the ones who decided on the architectural design to only put the changing table. Right, in like the I'm thinking room. of like I'm thinking <laughs> of like Cheesecake Factory. Like the people are just like you know. But I completely take your point. It's funny, there. absolutely. Also, I like how she said somewhere public. Like I'm picturing laying the kid on the hostess stand and just like 
putting the kid over the whole document where she keeps track of which tables the are... The document? <laughs> what year are we in? Like they don't the have diagram. a digital point of sale system? <laughs> the diagram uh, where she puts which tables are taken and just laying the kid there and changing the diaper. Hmm, yeah, I don't know if they would appreciate that. All right, moving on. Listener Caitlin said... I said I would be strict about screen time, and I definitely am. Everybody be talking about screen time. I know, but that's a little different take. Then she said, I try to be strict with sweets, but give in way more often than mm. I want or should. Yeah. That's Our a tough one. Our kid isn't old enough to be asking for sweets yet, but I'm sure. Not asking for it, but we have made the mistake of giving him like, we're like, oh, you know what? I'm eating this little thing of ice cream. I'll give him one bite, and then... Somehow he, like, automatically then learns in that instant how to beg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throws a fit when, he take, when you take it away. Yes, but I think this listener has older kids who, you know, you go to a birthday party or you go to an event and there's sweets available and it's like, where do you draw the line? Mm. Where do you say no? And they, like, literally know what a cookie is, right. whereas our guy does not know what, you know, anything not, is. Yeah. But it just goes to show everybody's different on their like hard lines. So or this next listener says, Lin- listener Lindsay says, I didn't think we would be having as much screen time as we actually do, which I think is partly because of how close in age our kids are and how exhausted we are. Yes, mm. I think having two very close in age, like you probably don't get any kind of break, no time to chill. So like any quiet time is probably aided with a screen. Totally understandable. She goes on to say, I wasn't going to bust out the screens at mealtimes when we're out and about, mm. but sometimes it's worth a quiet moment with adults. Yeah. I mean, that's such a good example of like when we would be at a restaurant pre-child, like just the two of us, and we would look over and see, let's say like a family with two or three kids and mm-hmm. each kid would have like headphones mm-hmm. and, and their own device. Yes. I would 1000% be judging those people. Right. But now, like when, you know, we were just at a restaurant, I completely understand. Like that's oh, yeah. our time too. So if we, you and I want to have a conversation and like share a glass of wine or something like that, you know, the only way that we're going to be able to do that is by setting them up for success in that way. Right. And it's tough because what are your options? Have them whine and cry and potentially not only disturb you, but the other people around. Right. Or just like kind of let them be entertained with this thing and everybody's happy. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one for sure. And I feel like, you know, even at the restaurants where they give you like crayons and stuff like that, like, you know, that stuff only lasts so long before, you know, they break the crayon and then it's like, mommy, my crayons broke. Then that whole meltdown. So I understand. Oh, yeah. Uh, listener Lindsay went on to say, I stuck to the no kids in the bed thing. That one was important to me. Just showing that like everybody has different hard lines of like the things that they're absolutely like this yeah. is 100% going to be a no and this thing I thought was going to be a no, but here we are. Um, lastly, she said, I didn't think my house would literally be taken over by kid stuff in almost mm. every room. We can relate to that one. We can relate to that one. Actually, we have a guitar, like just an acoustic guitar in our living room slash play area and you know sometimes a guitar pick falls inside the acoustic guitar so it makes kind of like a you know a sound that you could hear that it's in there so i was playing it earlier and i heard that sound so i go to get try and get the pick out so i'm shaking the guitar turned out that it was a straw like a plastic straw anyway so yeah he put 
like one of your straws into the guitar. So literally it just takes over every inch of your <laughs> life, not just the floors. You know what I mean? Like it's just in everything. Yes. We're always finding items in different weird places. Like the TV remote was dropped into the fireplace. I found a pacifier deep in one of your boots. In yeah. Our closet. yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yes. So yes. It's, I mean, how can you not have kid stuff everywhere? Right. It's impossible. Okay. Listener Heather says, mine would be valuing living close to family. I never really cared about that as much before, but after having a child, I stress slash worry slash value having family around so much more than I originally did. Hmm. Yeah. No, I understand that one. Totally. It's nice to have that safety net, I would imagine, when something goes wrong or your childcare plans fall through. And like someone you know you can call on to help out at the last minute. And also just someone to help out so you get a little bit of a break. I think also like the highs are also to be experienced. Like it's nice to just be able to have that convenience of getting together. And it doesn't have to be like a whole big strategic operation to get everybody together for a birthday or something like that. Right, right. And just having your kid have like a wider network of family around yeah for sure and like that be part of your routine that would be great but oh well it's definitely a bummer in my life that we don't live closer to any of our family for sure okay listener heather also says i'm currently at target buying toys for a play date and overthinking everything i guess you could add buying a bunch of toys to impress a toddler i don't know is also something that surprises me about myself play dates are way more stressful than i thought they'd be that's hilarious. I appreciate the vulnerability with that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I definitely, definitely foresee myself like when my guy has playdates that I'm going to be cooking like these elaborate meals <laughs> and like yes. making these incredible charcuterie boards and all this stuff. <laughs> and they're going to come in and like want a grilled cheese sandwich and for me to just like leave them alone. But you want them to go back to their parents and be like, Mr. Brian is an amazing chef. Yeah. Or at least <laughs> just like be like, wow, this is amazing. Like when we come here, we eat so well, but they're just, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to care about that at all. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to have the fun house that like he wants to have friends over to and kids are excited to come here. So I can definitely see myself when he's older, probably overthinking this as well and just wanting it to be a fun environment for him to have friends and have the coolest new fun stuff and put, probably putting too much pressure on that because they probably just are going to want to play video games. Yes. Well, I think like the, as many parents will will say, you know, give a kid a stick or like a box and they'll be happy, you know, all day long uh, versus, you know, buy them a whole bunch of stuff and they probably won't play with it. Right. At least at this age, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for everybody who submitted. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. I think definitely we saw a lot of common themes there's comfort in knowing that you're not the only one. Uh, oh, everybody yeah. has these things that they go back on or wish that they did differently. But when it comes down to it, you know, just trying to do the best they can, just trying to survive, trying to thrive, trying to. So what I'm trying to say is it's, it's probably, probably okay. okay.